bring it back. Every time I leave the room, I'm going to say 23 Skidoo. We're going to bring it back. Just like the original 1920s. Everything's coming back. Like, if the 20s are back, that, that doesn't uh, bode well for the following decade. Isn't, like, the whole nostalgia cycle, like, uh, 30, 20, 30 years or something like that? Oh, yeah, true. So, I think it's, like, 20. So, like, that's why 2010 had a bunch of 90s revival stuff. And hence why, you know, we're kind of in a bit of an early 2000s revival. Hence all the shiny matte genie pants, and uh, belly dancing pants, and frosted tips that you're seeing around these days. That's good. I read somewhere that uh, if Back to the Future was made today or released this year, Mighty McFly would be going back to the year 1993. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Uh, It'd be an interesting movie, though. That's the only way you're going to remake it, though, if it goes back to 1990s. And then you just remake the second one and they have flying cars. What's going to be like, all oh, right, I guess that's too early for you, but your kids are going to love it. What's that for the 90s and the 20, the 2020s? It's uh, Vaporwave. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, Vaporwave is a, is a bit old now, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, it's, um... Okay, going to a grunge It's mumble show, rap, just, it's mumble rap. It's, sure, sure. Go, I'm just imagining, like, people going to, like, a grunge so, show in Seattle and just playing this fucking mall Muzak-ass shit over the fucking amps. It's it's just Marty McFly um, singing about his wet-ass pussy. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. A bit early for you. 93. Well, um, um yeah, um, we're in a new year. Uh, and with a new year comes, uh... New episodes, and new episodes come new plans and ideas for what to discuss during those episodes. Um, you and I both have a few ideas from the sound of things. I mean, you know, we've we've been putting this out online for three years, and been broadcasting it uh, over radio for... Um, <laughs> Uh, well, that gets more complicated if you're talking about the various timelines involved and whatnot. But I, I think it's been about like 90 years total across across like the six. But also, it's only been a week yeah. because the universe was created last Thursday, and all those previous episodes, those memories, they were manufactured by the Demiurge. Man, solipsism's great. It's not solipsism. That's last Thursdayism. I thought last Thursdayism was like considered a subsection of solipsism well you don't have it's everyone was created last thursday so right, i don't see enough. how it's like it's too linked to like it's not just you no that's fair i mean you you can't prove that it isn't just me that's true that's true maybe you were created last thursday i'm just very good at throwing my voice and putting it on an australian accent and i've just been talking to myself for there you go. the entire time <laughs> um that's that's exactly how it works well yeah there's there's some stuff that we still kind of have to cover i think um you know, we're going to run out of shit eventually, but, you know, I think we still got a good uh, seven-odd years of this. I wonder, I wonder, <laughs> yeah. To milk, <laughs> you know, to, to milk. we got, like, you know, we got, what, 12 books? I think we can milk those for another, like, seven years. We can, the way we put these episodes out, the topics we choose, we could be doing this forever. Yes. Because we're like, let's just spend an hour and a half talking about this, like, three paragraphs of one section Pretty of one book. Fucking much. And, and, and it works. It works. And, and then luckily, they've given us lots of paragraphs to work with. Yes, books do have a lot of those, usually. Unless it's a picture book. And Samuel, I've never seen an RPG rule book that is also a picture book. Someone should get on that. Oh, what about um, Morkborg? Wasn't that just a picture book? I mean... With some rules attached? You know, well, that's the thing. The, rule, the, uh, the rules are attached. But yeah, damn, that's fucking cold. It's cold as, like, <laughs> the black metal force that game's trying to go for. 
Things that come to mind for me, uh, we still need to do an episode on Ascension of the Magdalene. We've been talking about that for a while now, and I think it's time. I know, I know you, I know you miss 16th century Prague. That's that's the other thing. Like, I, like Prague under the rule of Rudolf II is like a legitimately really interesting period of like Western occult history, and that is an excellent excuse to get into some of that. All right, I'm going to write these down. Okay, we've got Ascension of the Magdalene. Okay, I'll write these down so so we have um we need some accountability. All right, because Lunox I don't know we need our accountability. <laughs> uh, and then of course we'll finally have the chance to discuss what all of our listeners have been waiting for: how to run unknown armies in D and D Fifth Edition. Oh yes, oh yes, in 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 the grand tradition of um, Harry Potter Delta Green. Yes. Uh, for for reference on that, listeners, because I think some people don't know, several years back um, was I, I, I replayed Nights of the Old Republic two or something. I was like, all right, um, I kind of want to do something like this, where you know you're taking a pre-existing uh, setting that's very popular, and I, I, I hate to reach the deconstruction word, but that was like my that was essentially my idea. Uh, I was like, all right, let's let's kind of. Let's take this setting and then really be like, okay, they, what are the fucked up implications of this? Let's lean into it and make a campaign about that. And, um, you know, I thought about it and I was like, okay, what is to millennials as Star Wars is to Gen X? And what came to mind was Harry Potter. This was like, I'd say about a year or two before um all the turf stuff came out with uh before she really started saying a lot of bigoted shit uh on her twitter jk Rowling. so harry potter at this time was still this was before like everyone suddenly decided to be like no i never liked this these books were always terrible i only liked them because i was a kid i i knew a lot of uh, uh i knew a lot of uh you know, 20-something, 30-something that still really liked those books. Up until um, J.K. Rowling became... Uh, uh, b- b- before all of her fucked-up opinions came out. I-, I-, I would like to laugh at all the Potterheads about the situation, but then I remember the pain of the fact that M.A.R. Barker turned out to be a raging <laughs> Nazi. And I'm like, no! Like, I liked Tinkerbell! Yeah, fucking M.A.R. <laughs> like, not just like, oh, he's kind of racist. Like, fucking... Pub- running and publishing heavily in fucking white nationalist journals and releasing yeah. something through the same publisher as the Turner Diaries. It's so odd. It's so odd. I can't say I'm that surprised. There is that weird sort of white ac- white white guy that gets really into Islam through like the whole traditionalist lens of things. I, I've encountered a like not personally, but I've read about a few different guys that are kind of like that. Now I, you know, I, this isn't to say like, oh, this white guy practices Islam. Obviously, he's a crypto Nazi, but like, I think there was some quote by Hitler about like saying, yeah. "Oh, I wish Islam had started in Europe or something like yeah, that." Yeah, no, it's he, wasted on them. <laughs> no, not that much. Honestly, like Hitler was trying to uh, recruit. Um, certain factions within the Middle East during World War II because, you know, even then the Middle East was sort of the fulcrum of, uh, you know, global geopolitics. But 
Uh, yeah, Hitler has said a lot of favorable... Uh, well, may not a lot, but I know he has said some favorable things about Islam. Uh, you know, warrior religion and all that bullshit. But anyway, uh, back to Harry Potter. So, um, yes, uh, I decided, hey, I want to run a, a gritty, dark reboot of uh, Harry Potter set the Harry Potter setting. And I was like, okay, what games do I know of? And I was like, okay, and... What's famous is okay. You're you're the wizard cops. You're ors. That's and you're in the United States. That's that's a good framing device for like uh, looking at some of the weird and kind of fucked up implications of the setting. And then you know you can frame it as an investigative RPG. And then there's a good like core gameplay loop and whatnot. What game do I have that is like you play as cops and feds that are also that also have magical powers? Oh, Delta Green. So I took the core Delta Green uh, setting. It, it, Core Delta Green engine, uh, tweaked a lot of stuff as you changed the skill list, uh, changed the sand system a lot, uh, and added, you know, a whole system for casting spells a la Harry Potter. And, um, as I was running this, one of the players I had in that group went to Gen Con. And as a joke, I was, uh, and she ended up going to the Delta Green panel. That they were running that, the Delta Green guys were running that year. And basically it's a joke. I was like, haha, during the Q&A, uh, asked them about using Harry Potter, sorry, using Delta Green to run Harry Potter. And uh, she was the first one called on when Q&A came up. And I was not aware that while Dennis Detwiller was working for Wizards of the Coast back in the early 2000s, he was the design lead on their all their like Harry Potter tie and stuff because there was a ton of that at the time so uh you could tell that he was like there's like a thousand yard stare going on because soon as she, she asked a question all the panel laughs and they're like Dennis how about you take this one and you can tell he is trying so hard to answer the question in good faith. And to my understanding, um, in the year since then, uh, he has uh, kind of privately considered Delta Green Harry Potter as his go-to example of, I can't believe people are running my game like this. How can I somehow stop people from running my game like this. Can't, you can't stop it. You can't stop it, Dennis. Death of the author. Yeah, especially for RPGs. Like, the, the whole thing with once you put that rule book out, it is out of your hands. People are going to use that for some really weird shit that you did not expect or intend. And it just kind of comes to the territory. Such as uh, Frank's uh, Comoran Strike series. What if Comoran Strike was a wizard? I'm, I'm going back to the turf jokes now, uh, because that's that, that's the only way we're going to be able to talk about Harry Potter is if we just lead into the Harry, turf let, angle. Let's, uh, that's that's another episode idea. We can do a Harry Potter episode. How do you take Harry Potter shit and put it in unknown? No, I was I was just going to do turfs in unknown armies. How are they? How are they? <laughs> you know how Delta Green has the Karatekia? Well, unknown armies has the turf we version. Discuss this. Thaumaturge, exclusionary radical feminists. There we go. There we go. Oh, but it's just... No, it's just sleepers again. Well, okay, but there being, like, a weird rad femme subsect of the sleepers, that's actually pretty interesting to me. Maybe. 
like a an offshoot. Although yeah, yeah modern sleep is like there's a lot of a uh, scope for schismatics. Absolutely. So absolutely. Maybe some sort of a tussle over the the, the flying woman archetype. Sure. Um, of course. A, a, a final sh- a final showdown over the the concept of gendered archetypes or avatars. Um, do they exist or not? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a gender critical group of wizards, then presumably you want to get rid of gendered archetypes now. That would be the logic. That would be the logic. And there's not that many, but there's a few. There are a few. Um, flying woman. Wasn't the Master's Man originally gendered as well? Which seems I don't silly believe to me. so. Honestly, like all the gendered archetypes I can think of are pretty woman exclusive. No, I think there is. A, I think it was the Master's Land was originally the um, like a boys only one. Maybe, maybe. But that's just silly because yeah, there's there's westerns with fucking. No, woman protagonists. Uh, Johnny Guitar. What is Johnny Guitar if not a woman mask or the maskless man? There you go. What's Johnny Guitar? I don't know that. Um, it is a western uh, about a lady gunslinger. Oh, there you go. Um, you've probably heard the song Johnny Guitar, which comes from the soundtrack for that movie. Maybe I was wrong about Maskless Man. It's something, though. Because I know there was at least one archetype which was gendered male. But I can't remember. I can't which one it remember was. it off the top of my head. Whereas, you know, woman, things that come to mind are naked goddess, the mother, and the flying woman. Oh, well, we'll do some investigation. Um, There's a fun campaign destroy gendered archetypes by yeah, sending a pregnant trans man as the replacement go. for the mother. That's, yes, that could work. But finally, an MPREG archetype. Yes, the ascension of the birthing person. Perfect. There, yeah, excellent. That's a really good one. I like it. Now we've covered that. We see we've got some episodes already. Uh, what are some other factions that we should cover? We haven't covered the sleepers actually yet. We should probably do that at some point. Yes, we could cover the sleepers, and the good thing about the sleepers is we can cover them in both uh, the two E and the three E incarnations. Hell, you could uh, easily split different. up the three one into kind of two the two different factions that make them up. What Ryan Foe? Uh, I'm talking about like the the weird sort of decentralized neighborhood watch. Uh, outer circle yeah. the sleepers and then the inner circle that is closer to the 2E version I feel like doing one episode on the sleepers it's a too big a topic to cover just one episode in my opinion unless we want to do like a really big one like we did with the Gnosticism episode and the fact that the original sleepers were also divided into yeah. four factions yeah. one of which we've already covered yes. is also something we could talk about like why Portugal? Why Portugal? Let's find out. I, I am legitimately curious about that. We could do. We could go. We could go to Brazil in this episode. Everyone wants us to go to Brazil. Our sizable Brazilian fan base has been call, uh, beckoning us there for years. That's right. Um, other factions. Um, I guess we haven't done the sect. We, we've done uh, we the haven't done the sect qua sect. Yes, we haven't done the sect. Yeah, we haven't done the sect. And, well, same, and we well, haven't done TNI we... either, really. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. We haven't done TNI. Uh, we've done um, Alex Abel, but we have not done TNI. Um, and TNI has a whole ass source book, so... That's right. Other bigger factions, we have not done Flex Echo yet. Honestly, we should probably do, like, a Flex Echo one, and then Nomon gets gets their own, too. Yeah, because Nomon is an interesting concept. Um, I got ideas for both of those, uh, so I would be happy to rattle off on the, about some of those. Cool. No mod is fun. FX Talk is fun. Uh, we've done the auto. We could do auto again one day, but I'd, I'd rather do other stuff We first. should do an auto episode that is not related to Jeffrey Epstein. I, I think that's something that we should probably cover at some point. 
Perhaps not this year. Perhaps not this year, but someday. Yes, we'll do an episode about Prince Andrew and <laughs> the Order Yeah, we need to split them up. We need to split them up. Prince Andrew gets his own episode. The Order gets their own episode. God, I don't want to talk about Prince Andrew. <laughs> I talk about the royal family for like an episode. Honestly, like, like we could easily milk an entire episode out of royal family conspiracy theories. They are so fucking mad. Absolutely. There are Absolutely, so and it's many of them. And we, because we did do two UK episodes, but the thing about like an episode, uh, something about the royal family, because it, it's something that's much more specific in yeah, a way, but yeah. it's also broad enough that we could talk about all sorts of things. The number of conspiracy theories is innumerable, like Princess Diana, um, reptilians. Um, fuck, what else is there? There's there's that whole thing of like the United States being some weird enclosed experiment run by the royal family. That's right. Of course. The whole royal was George family. Washington, if not a... Yeah. George Washington was a British general. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on. He was, he was just a royalist puppet. There you go. Um, that's fun. Um, it's, it, it's, it's sort of like... It's, um, it's like poor old PKD and the empire never ended, but it's just Britain. Yeah. It's not even Rome. It's all... <laughs> It's all Britain. It always has been. You start hallucinating in the seat, in the streets, and you see it's like um, you can tr- throw in some elements of the Invisibles in there. Sure, like running sure. around the streets of Chicago. There's those uh, the, the hunting with the hunting horns and the red, the red suits and the horses. Bobby's appearing on the street. Yeah, all kinds of nonsense. That actually brings up another thing. What are some good sort of uh, clouds of conspiracy theory that we could dedicate episodes to? Um, Merovingian Bloodline of Christ, speaking of Ascension of the Magdalene, would be a fun one. Yes, I will have to reread my copy of uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. I'll need to read that, finally. Uh, that is one of the main conspiratorial touchstones that I have not actually gone around reading. Yep, uh, Merovingian Bloodline is fun. There's a lot of secret societies that we could actually do like a good amount of... Uh, deep dive research into that could be very interesting yeah it's interesting because when we, when we, I'm thinking of back to what um, John Tynes was saying about how Yue sort of came from his like from reading for Cole's Pendulum <laughs> and realizing oh this is all silly nonsense I mean hey uh, like, I guess if, we you, would be... if you want to do a whole episode on Foucault's Pendulum I am so sure. fucking down one of my I favorite books it's a Flat good out. book it's a good book we, that's the thing, we haven't done, like, a, another, me, we haven't done a media episode in a long time, and there are some, like, UA touchstone pieces of media that I think could warn a whole, warn a whole episode, honestly. All Umberto Eco, yes. That, that's like six episodes, dude. Fucking every Umberto <laughs> Eco book is its own episode. <laughs> that's, that's true. We need to do an episode on Name of the Rose, episode on the Prague Cemetery. Oh my god. That'll be fun though. Yeah, no, I'll put that down. The thing is, like, it's different when you talk about unknown armies, uh, in terms of, like, conspiracy lore to mine, compared to, say, Dun- uh, Delta Green, where, like, the type of conspiracies you're gonna mine are gonna be different. They are gonna be the hoarier, sort of older and weirder. Like, not anything sort of, um, government related doesn't quite fit. I stuff doesn't think quite fit. there's ways to do well it. Enough. There's ways to do it. Um, with unknown armies, my go-to examples would be Flex Echo and uh, Ben's uh, Project Candy Onion. That's true. I, I I would do an episode talking about Project Candy Onion. Honestly, yeah, doing it, that I book. agree. And like that could be a sort of a staging point into covering UFO mythology and how to bring that into UA. 
actually there is um on armies is it on armies unknown or no on that on the unnatural phenomena uh website um there is i remember a something posted 20 years ago about putting um using uh government stuff in unknown armies and there was a few good ideas in there we could start off as that like we could talk about i don't know if you wanted to like spend a whole if we're splitting up flex echo and gnome on a separate episodes then we could put Flex Echo together with Candy Onion and some other ideas, talk about the government in Unknown Army, so like how to put that in without losing the tone or making it into another game. Yeah, being a Unknown Army is a spooks. That seems solid to me. Yeah, because like, UA usually draws from very typical conspiracy theory tropes, but then always puts some unique twist on them. And, you know, sure. we, of course, we of course start with the foundation of, hey, here's the standard trope. Now, how do we put the twist on it? What's the UA spin on the Merovingian Bloodline of Christ? What's the yeah, right. UA spin on Royalist Conspiracies? Um, what's the... And, you know, I could see there being, uh, you know, if we're careful, a interesting and much less fucked up UA spin on stuff like the Elders of Zion. Okay, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear your fucking spin of the Elders of Zion. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. We we should probably bring on someone that we know that's you know actually Jewish for that one. I think that would be the smart move. Yes, yes. I agree. Um, although there is that meme that's going around um, a lot of liberal circles about how all conspiracy theories are just like ultimately linked to. Uh, anti-Semitism, which uh, has a point, and I understand. I, it's also I, I get what way. they mean, but you also have to keep in mind that, like that, that sort of pattern of of conspiracy theory predates the protocols of the others is out. Yeah, like that shit goes back to the Jesuits, and before that, even just Jesuits happen to be the first one that comes to mind. Jesuit can protocol um, anti-Semitic. Conspiracy theories of the sort that are like Jews run the world are very similar to Templar and Jesuit conspiracies, which, I mean, my understanding is most of the Elders of Zion stuff comes from like the like 1800s. That's when it sort of started. You know, there you definitely had anti-Semitism before then, but not usually of the sort of like Jews secretly run the um, run the world gov- one world government more you know, the sort of conspiratorial thinking that comes from uh, ethnic tensions in urban environments. Mm. More more small-scale stuff. Sure. Uh, whereas Jesuits and Templar conspiracies go predate that by a fair amount. Uh, you could even... But there's an even argument that, like, the first, like, big conspiracy theory was Gnosticism, in a way. That's a big conspiracy. Sure, arguably. <laughs> about the world. I mean, but hell, uh, could one not apply the same thing to Buddhism then? Considering how many, because Buddhism yes. predates Gnosticism, and um, at least part, I mean, it's th- true. some uh, sects are considered kind of Gnostic that predate Christ. But yeah, like the, the first religion that's big on the whole, uh, the world in front of you is illusory, all that sort of stuff is, as far as I know, Buddhism. That is a good point. Um, you could run. You could just take a, a modern conspiracy game and just 
like put the top conspiracy. It's just Mara. It's it's just the desire of this universe. Like it's 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 all fake. Um, that could be interesting. It was Mara um, all along. It was Mara all along. God damn it! Pulling the strings behind the Templars and the Illuminati. It was actually just desire all along. Yeah, it was just desire. Um, not the desire from. Sandman, unless dot dot dot, these these proposals are getting out of the scope of an anomaly. Honestly, I do. The more I think about it, like I think you, we could get like a really solid and interesting episode out of talking with some Jewish people on anti-Semitic conspiracies. True, definitely, because like, it's definitely a it's a deep topic. Yes, there's a uh, lot there, and it has there's a lot to discuss there, and it manifests in so many different ways. Um, and it also overlaps with other sort of conspiracies as well, especially modern sort of uh, anti-Semitic conspiracies. They all they also overlap into very strange um, anti-US conspiracy theories um, in interesting ways. Um, all sorts of things like weather control, harp, um, all kinds of things. Ooh, like, what's the US you... spin on weather control? There is an episode. I've I've done a fair amount of reading on that actually because I was working on some Delta Green stuff surrounding that for a while it's your local objective it's just make it rain um, that's a that's a fun like it's we're having a drought we need it to rain all we have is magic and like our obsessions how do we do that, that that's, obviously that you use uh your stockpile of firearms to take force of control of harp up in alaska you just uh shoot the clouds until they rain corral them yep no, that's fun. Uh, what other conspiracy stuff have we not covered? Or at least paranormal. There's also like the whole oh, like well, paranormal side of all things. Alright. Sasquatch. Alright, we're gonna talk about Stone Lake and how Stone Lake was a was a sleeper fucking uh Yeah. We we need we need Unknown Army's Bigfoot. Very important. I think there's been a few variations on that. I think there have as well. It's such an easy thing to reach for. The issue is with Sasquatch and things like that. Although I like this sort of stuff and I also like like old school uh fortian yes. stuff uh yes. like uh like star jelly cryptids, uh, star jelly uh, ectoplasm ectoplasm's always good spiritualism is an interesting topic uh 19th century early 20th century spiritualism uh we could all that do sort of another thing that you could we could get honestly several episodes out of would be theosophy oh theosophy yeah i got some books on that you have a lot of books on that, yeah. to my understanding. I've, I've got, I've got pamphlets on it. Um, yeah, I know that's a perfect, st- that's a perfect topic actually, and that ties into also. But like, there's so many of these things, and this is what sort of like um, belies the truth behind some of the, um, the link between conspiracy theories and anti-Semitism is because it all does. You can find connections, but then it might just be elliptony. Like I mean, there's the funny thing way. with the Osphy is there's concrete connections to that to role-playing games because apparently a bunch of uh, the Paizo leadership are theosophists. Interesting. And have, like, for, like, the Pathfinder settings, write up, cosmology write-ups, they've taken a lot of concepts from theosophy for that. That's 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 absolutely fascinating. Um, there should be more, um, like, new religious movements or cult organizations running role-playing game publishing companies. I agree. In my opinion. You want to talk about secret societies pulling the strings behind uh, well-known corporations? The Theosophist Paizo Conspiracy. 
That's the only way to stop this, the whole D&D needs to be monetized better thing that's going on. It has to be stopped. The only way to stop that is with crazy religious people. Yeah, what are some other... Uh, yeah, what's some other... You know, let's, let's look on Wikipedia. Uh, there's a list of conspiracy theories that I remember. List of conspiracy theories. Here we go. The various uh, disappearing flights... Malaysia Airlines and all that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what we're going to say about that. It's like, oh, they. I think we could come up with some more interesting ideas than that. It's just lost. It's just lost Let's all over see. again. The JFK assassination. That's an important one. I, I mean, it's, it got mentioned a bit. My theory is that his head just did that. That's a good theory. That's a good there theory. is no shooters. His head just his head just blew up. I think it's it, like the problem with that is also um, it was covered pretty well in Illuminatus, which we could discuss actually. That would also be another very good uh, touchstone to get an entire episode out of, yeah. Here's one, I mean, going back to the anti-Semitic stuff a bit, here's one that I've always found kind of interesting. Israeli animal spying? Oh, yeah, 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 that's, um, that, what, the, it wasn't, the thing is, it wasn't just Israel, like, doing experiments with animal spies. Another Soviet no, but the, the theory is that Israel's been, like, the one that's actually been successful with it. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, Why like, and how? Um, like, it's involved conspiracy theories involving, like, there was a series of shark attacks in the early 2010s in Egypt. And Are you telling me that they're making golem sharks? There you go. There you go. They finally figured out a formula for clay that's lighter than water. Yes. Yes. It's, 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 um, what is it? It's, it's, it's like foam. Yeah. Yeah, making golems out of something other than clay. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's actually terrifying when you think about it, golem sharks. There's a few of those sort of conspiracy theories. Although it is sort of very much linked with the whole, like, um, one issue with a lot of Middle Eastern conspiracy theories is that it's always either Israel did it or the US did it. Yeah, Which is sometimes true. No, there, there's... But it's not all, most of the time there's a There's a long tradition of the KGB did this and more recently... Oh, true. The Chinese Communist Party did this. They do some of that. Some of basically any, pretty much any country with a powerful um, intelligence sector gets some wacky conspiracy theories popping up surrounding them. Yeah, that's the issue. Is with anything with any sort of um, successful um, like secret intelligence organization is they're gonna have done some fucked up secret shit, and they've probably Uh, experimented with some very silly shit over the years. Just you know, yes. Hey, yes. what if it works? Oh, like um, have we have we talked about um? Oh, what's is it? The men who scare at goats. Project Stargate. We have not. Yeah, Project Stargate. That's fun. Um, that could also talk because those definitely though there was a series of like we know that uh, the Soviets did a whole bunch of psi research in the eighties. The Chinese did a bunch of psi research involving um qigong. Like the the breathing the breathing stuff, which is interesting to me because like there was a big qigong boom in China in like um, the eighties when people were like really getting really obsessed with like the sort of breathing meditation exercises, and that was the precursor to what happened with Falun Gong. But during the eighties, there was there was actually some scientific research done. It comes to mind we could totally do an episode on the Falun Gong. Easy epoch times. Oh, uh, easy. I mean, fuck easy. the epoch times. Like that's half the writing for us, right there. Just there we go. There we it. go. Easy peasy. Uh, what's the name of that opera again? I see the flyers all over the fucking place. 
Oh, that the, the, the one. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't remember, but I know what. Um, I know what you mean. Three thousand years of history. That shit. That's right. Only three. Come on. There are a bunch of cults, Asian cults, which are interesting to talk about. Um, Korea has a bunch. Japan has a bunch. And we've touched on the new religious movement stuff a bit last episode, but yeah, like you, we did that. You can get so many episodes out of that. Like the whole thing um, with this big bash backlash against um, the Moonies um, following um, the revelations of the motive behind the assassin of Shinzo Abe is very interesting. Um, it's extremely interesting to me that Shinzo Abe's like approval rating has now collapsed like after his death, which is really fucking well. Rare the for fucked up thing that it pro- that, that I've kind of taken from this is that political assassinations totally work as long as you aren't doing it for like as long as your motives don't fall into like pre-existing culture war narratives. Yeah, apparently. Yes. <laughs> was like, you're a... oh, the le- far left did it. Oh, the far right did it. No, this guy hated Shinzo Abe because of his involvement with the Moonies. And this led to a bunch of people looking into his involvement with the Moonies. And like, wow, that was actually pretty fucking sketchy. Fuck. Yes, the assassin was just like, it's because they ruined my mother's life. And then everyone's like, fuck, that's a sympathetic reason to kill the former president of Japan. Yeah. And the Moonies and similar cults have got a lot of... I mean, the Moonies um, operations in the US as well. That's a huge topic. Yeah. Um, that that um, the church with the gun, the the um, with the bullet crowns, yeah. and... Uh, oh, yeah. What's the name of that? The Washington Times. Oh, I can't remember. I know um, which group you're talking about, yeah. Lots of good material there. So, basically, we could just go through a list of, like... Like you, 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 Scientologists and all these sort of people, like anything. It's, That's it's the all thing. Good so many of these feel like they need their own episode to do justice. Scientology absolutely needs his own episode. Falun Gong absolutely. Om Shinrikyo definitely needs its own episode. Oh, there are some. There are some interesting conspiracy theories about Om Shinrikyo oh, as well. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. My favorite being that they uh, secretly tested a nuclear weapon. I've heard that one. I've heard that one. Ah, oh, so fucking good. So fun. Uh, weird thing, weird, weird adjective for that. But honestly, I do find a lot of this stuff just kind of fun. It is. It's, it's, it's modern. Terrible. It's modern folklore. What it's can it's modern. It is. Folklore. It is. And That's what it is. We we gotta like okay. This is what's gonna people are gonna push back on us on this because it, it is a lot. Like this is the thing we talked about the Jesus Christ advisory report. It's like if you look into the details, some of these details are horrible yeah. and these yes, like horrible absolutely. groups of people doing terrible things but they're also goofy as hell i mean that's that's kind of the thing with all this stuff is that it's always both i mean fuck if you even something as played out and goofy as ufo mythology like the foundation of that is governments of the world have sold out their own citizens to these alien species and are regularly killing and blackmailing just random people to suppress this shit whether it's true all this shit is true or not all the like mechanics behind any of these sorts of conspiracies working are always really messed up oh yeah and even if you look into like people will say like oh i miss when conspiracy theories were all about wacky ufos and stuff and now they're all just depressing like culture wars bullshit it's like no if you look it it was like that back then too we've just was like yeah we we've just compartmentalized it i mean yeah like 
it, it's so weird what's happened to UFOs with like the fact that you now have like public congressional um, investigations into that shit. Oh, with the UA, uh, yeah, they what they, what they what they call them now UAPs or whatever. Yeah, the new terminology. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a new wave. It's a new wave of um, interest. I mean, it's um, interest, but it's all above board. There's like not even really much of a conspiratorial element to it. It's just like you have mainstream politicians being like, "Yeah, let's let's find out what's up with those flying saucer dealies." And you know, you had a bit of that in the fifties, but it, it became you know wacky fringe shit. I mean, wacky, but also like. You know, it was stuff that was like, you really were not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, it's... it's, I'd say it's not as far outside of the Overton window as uh, a lot of the fundamentally very racist shit you see mm -hmm. uh, in conspiracy theory. But that's always been part of it to an extent. It's always been fundamentally coached in distrust of the government. And that's always going to be political. There is an argument to be made that it manifested... It's always going to be politicized way. and fall into narratives of whoever's considered the mainstream and the whoever's considered the powers that be versus right, the little right. guy. There was something to be said about like the 1990s era of American success and optimism with fucking Bill Clinton playing the saxophone. That had the the uh, the, the backlash or the counterculture conspiracy theory mythos which had a different tone to what came later when america was going through a much less optimistic time yeah uh, when the culture wars became which were always without back even back in the 90s the, the, the culture wars were still a big part of everything but it, there was a change i would say and i think and i yeah i think the big change was there was you started to see actual political movements uh getting built around this shit and really I mean, the start of that was 9-11. That's true. That's which, true. It's interesting. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's another episode idea. 9-11. The 9-11 episode. Oh, I guess we'll do that. We, we, oh, we could have done it two years ago on the on the uh, anniversary, but we didn't. Hey, we can do it on a different anniversary. 12 years later. Oh, we'll just do it. We'll just release it on the 9th of November. So, we could do that. Um, 9-11 is insane. Um, 9-11 is 9/11 fucking... Is, 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 is it too soon? I mean, uh, you, you want a really weird uh, sort of UA-adjacent 9-11 thing? Um, Alex Jones once interviewed David Lynch about 9-11 conspiracy theory. I have... Lo- ah, I would love to watch that. What the hell? It's on YouTube, dude. It's on YouTube. I... I will look that up. What was what were you doing there, David Lynch? This also, was like real early. This was like back in the like before Alex Jones turned into the monster that uh, he is now. This is back when you know he's cameoing in Richard Linklater films and shit. You know, uh, around like the the mid. Well, he, he followed he followed the money. Yeah. Um, oh no! Like the in, success. Yeah. Like he he straight up like it, people that have worked for him have talked about how he specifically changed his format and speaking style and uh topics to match Rush Limbaugh to try to compete with him ah uh, I see I see don't don't no don't scare me don't tell me that like don't tell me David Lynch is going to come out with some terrible goddamn opinion. well no, David Lynch uh. was very receptive tonight like he was like yeah well, there need there needs to uh fuck let me put on my proper Lynch voice there needs to be an investigation and all it, it just doesn't add up Alex it just does not add up I would love. I would definitely watch a um, a nine eleven truther documentary produced and voiced by David Lynch. 
with full enjoyment. But I don't want this to happen. Let's 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 let's. I hope he's he's gone instead to his transcendental meditation stuff, um, which is better. Um, what else we got here? What else we got? Okay, yeah, this this Elvis was Presley. this was one. <laughs> I'd love to do an Elvis episode. Really, like sort of celebrity deaths in general is a good one. Uh, what's the U.S. spin on the deaths of Biggie and Tupac? That's true. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, obviously, uh, obviously a Godwalker battle. Obviously. Maybe. They were the martyrs, you know? <laughs> it's a double martyrdom. They ascended. Who is... Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I'm Hold just a <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... The... The... The martyr manifests on Earth and it's just fucking Tupac. That would be. Am- I, I, I think I I, 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 I may have included some Tupac references in an hour when that happened. Shit. Fuck. Well, Tupac would definitely be one of uh, would be a mask for the. I, I would agree. I would agree. Along with uh, good old Kurt Cobain and a few others. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I think there is probably like some avatar for some like the voice of the generation or something. Some sort of like poet avatar. Yeah. I could see that that's why I'm thinking of a God of Walker battle between Biggie and Tupac. Who who ascends as the voice of the generation? Um, I think that Kurt Cobain's uh bid for ascension failed because grunge immediately died. Well, and there's also like... a ton of conspiracy <laughs> theories surrounding that one too that we could discuss. Really? Okay. You don't know about yeah, all okay. the that's, Kurt Cobain a... death conspiracies? I, I vaguely like how, vaguely, vaguely. Like vaguely. him being killed by Courtney Love and shit. I I've heard that. Yeah. That's what I've heard, yes. Uh, I didn't know there was more to it. Than there, that. There, there's uh, I know there's, yeah, more. there's there's more to it. Paul is dead. That's a that's a also classic. Also a conspiracy. classic one, yeah. Oh. Yeah, musician conspiracy theories is definitely something you could get a whole episode out of. Uh, we can interview the uh, the the real Avril Lavigne, who's been <laughs> hidden for the last yes, twenty years. There we go. Yeah, no, celebrity deaths is a, it's a good episode. It's that's that's good. Uh, good taste episode that we're known for. Hey, all of the, none of them are recent. We're fine. We're fine. Oh, there was a few that recently died. Let's not talk about this. No, let's, let's yeah, let's let's not talk about anyone actually recent. And you know, like uh. A lot of the ones that we mentioned came out of sort of the conspiratorial 90s, so there's a lot more kind of there than more recent. Oh, I don't know, there's still, there's still, I mean, just look on Twitter and TikTok, there's plenty of modern, like, recent celebrity deaths, conspiracy theories All right. I guess I, going on. I guess I'm not as tuned in as I used to be on that sort of shit. Look, with, like, uh, I know there's a few related to, what's his name, um, how do I say, how do I pronounce it, Tentation. Okay. There's some conspiracy about his death, whose death was kind of mysterious. I don't know. We'll, we'll think about he it. He can we'll get his own episode. Think... Yes, yes, of course. We we put Kurt Cobain and Elvis, Biggie and Tupac on one episode, then Triple X and Tassion gets his own episode on top of that. It's it's It would only be respectful. Now, how about The Simpsons? Are we going to do an episode on The Simpsons and its predictive powers? <sighs> we could definitely do a Simpsons episode... I am not as much of a Simpsons head as you are. And I say this as someone who grew up on The Simpsons. But, like, my memories of The Simpsons uh, are all, like, long past it being considered in its prime. Sure. All the stuff that people reference. Oh, yeah. The earliest episode of The Simpsons I vividly remember seeing premiere was the one with George Bush. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have been rewatching. Relatively recently, I was rewatching Simpsons from the start. And that's a trip. 
That's a real I bet. trip. I bet. Season season one Simpsons is, is the, with the weird animation and the voices being wrong and the yeah. details being wrong. It's interesting. I have got some ideas about. It's such a big uh, cultural force that there's lots of like conspiracy and paranormal stuff that can link in. I do like the idea of like flanderization being something that can affect people, like uh, people losing their like uh, humanity and becoming more and more of a caricature of, them- caricature of themselves. I mean, that that kind of happens in a sense, even without all the metaphysical shit. Like people change their personalities. In response to positive feedback loops to certain mm. traits of theirs, depending on the social environment, all the time. People mm. naturally kind of flanderize themselves a little bit. That's a good point. That's a good point. I We could talk about... There's, there's, there's a few different topics to talk about. We could talk about the whole um, Apu fiasco, yes. which I find it very interesting. Um, uh, what's his name? Um... Apu's last name or his voice actor? No, 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 not Apu. Um, the 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 guy who killed Apu. Oh, Hari Kondabalu, uh, um, who I think is a good, he's actually a pretty good comedian. Uh, I but, have not uh, seen any recent. I don't think I've seen any new Simpsons in the past ten years. No, I'm, I'm talking about the the guy that made the documentary, the problem with Apu, oh, okay. that had the big gotcha. backlash, and then it was. And then the Simpsons did a stupid thing by, I don't know, they did dumb things. Um, there were ways they could have dealt with that better. Um, then all of South America got angry at this guy, which he was not expecting, um, because apparently Apu is beloved in South America. Um, it South was a America? whole thing. It's a whole topic. Yes, yes, it's, it's, it was a whole thing. Um, it's, it's, there's definitely enough to talk about and there's enough like weird cultural, subcultural, uh, conspiracy nonsense we can throw in there. I think we could get a whole episode out of like alternative health shit, not just like a, you know fucking um, homeopathy, but like fucking. What's the U.S. spin on vax conspiracies? What's the U.S. spin on fluoridation? Oh, fluoridation's fun. Um, you just want to shill your organ extracting device. That's all. Tormson, yeah. I told you not to talk about my fleshlight side, <laughs> my fleshlight selling side business. Come on, man. We've <laughs> talked about this. I should have waited until launch. Now the surprise is ruined. <laughs> no, no, it's and right, they it's doubled right. his water it's, filters too. Of course, that's exactly what you want. Your flashlight, water, water filter capabilities. Then you know it's clean. Now what else we got? Um, I mean, I, we've covered a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, ones that kind of like are, you know, like a lot of other conspiracies are so kind of vague and nebulous that it's kind of hard to tackle. That yeah. opinion, like. The, like all the cultural Marxism shit. Like, oh yeah, like, there's just Jordan Peterson episode. Let's come on, let's talk about Jordan Peterson for an episode. Um, no, um, I don't. I'm not interested in cultural Marxism. Uh, although it is funny that it was literally like it's literally just a slightly reworded piece of Nazi propaganda. Pretty um, much. Very silly, and it's like not even related to the like the cultural Marxism of the Frankfurt School is like a completely different yeah, thing that they're like, talking about. Yeah, they're like they've taken a couple names and then obviously have not learned anything about what the fuck they're actually talking about. And it's not like it's hard; like you can just read all of these guys' books. It's not like these guys haven't done sketchy shit, like the sure. Uh, 
Like the, the petition to abolish the age of consent that was going around the circles in F- France in the early 70s. Yeah. That's dodgy. Uh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. Um, the one that, you know, that had like I the co and the loose sign and everything. I did not, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. That's interesting. So um, I guess when the meaning of the word libertarian shifted rightwards, <laughs> it took some baggage with it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All this, uh, Foucault walked so political compass mean makers could run. That's right. That's uh, right. Anyone in the purple corner of the political compass. I appreciate that's like become like part of the sort of design language of those. Lower right is yellow if it's libertarian and it's purple if it's pedophiles. Oh, is that how it's, is that how it's changed? Yes. Has it? Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I haven't been following up on the, the 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 permutations of the political compass memes. Perhaps I should have, because it is fun in some way, but also fucked up. Uh, what else we got here? I'll tell you we covered. Flat Earth. Come on. Oh, sure, sure. Although I prefer I prefer Hollow Earth uh, or Cube Earth. My favorite is that the ice wall does exist but the earth is still a globe which is significantly larger than we think it is that's fun that's really fun it's, that's adventurous um i like there's that so theory. much left to explore yeah it, it makes yeah, yeah that's that's fun it's sort of like a if there's uh, i can imagine some cabal that thinks the problem with the world now is there's no there's no frontiers anymore yeah. um that that's a very um, Eurocentric way of looking at the world, but it's something a cabal would think. It's like let's get some come more on. There's been explorers on. and all from all sorts of cultures that uh, that that's not just a yes. European thing. Like the Manifest Destiny shit. Yeah, it's very Euro Eurocentric, but there those narratives yeah. exist pretty much everywhere. I think of what exploring. Yeah, sure, well, not just exploring, but, but like the frontiers are gone. We need to find some more frontiers. Uh, that's one of yeah, the big also- motivations behind fucking space exploration and that's a global initiative okay but also some of those other the the other cultures version of like frontier mythology was also quite similar to like no yeah most most frontier exploration does no matter who does it tends to involve the suppression of natives yes whether it's the Japanese expanding north and displacing the Ainu or whoever. I mean, but that's the great thing about space, right? It's all the fun of colonization without people that you're colonizing. And no air. Details. Yeah, no, that's details, details. And that's why it's always kind of funny to me when you, like, see people like, oh, fucking space exploration is just, like, colonial narratives. It's just, like, fucking people trying to guiltlessly have the urge to practice colonialism and colonize. It's like, yes! I mean, like, the main thing that's bad about colonialism is that you're destroying lives as you do it. If you're colonizing somewhere yeah. that legitimately doesn't have anyone living there already, there's no problem. When when they colonized Iceland, that wasn't problematic. Yeah. It was no one <laughs> there. Just, there was a bunch of unoccupied land. Right. Yeah, it's sort of like well, there's a bit of the discourse which sort of misses the point. Yes. On certain things, it's just like no, it's not just about the superficial like frontier. Like oh, they are like yeah, it, it is about guiltlessly. There's a reason the those are problematic. <laughs> they're not problematic in and of themselves. Yes, they're problematic because of implications. Yes. Um, and the the logistics of taking over a continent which already has people there. Yes. 
I mean, Australia, they, de- they declared it terra nullius for a reason, and it was it was bullshit, and it was a lie, but that's the the fact that they were taking shit from people was the problem, not the fact that they were like, ooh, a new land. <laughs> people like new lands, come on. There, there's so much stuff that could be behind that rock, or that rock. That's right, and we should, that's why we need to do an episode on Elon Musk. I'm down. I think you can milk an episode out of that. There's a plenty of conspiracy theories about Elon Musk. Or fuck, broaden that a little bit. Broaden it to like Silicon Valley conspiracy theories. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, of course, there's all the shit with Bill Gates, but like even knowing that to like stuff that's happened within Silicon Valley history as opposed to Bill Gates is trying to fucking, is a eugenicist that's trying to distribute vaccines or whatever it, it's it's so funny to me those theories um the bill gates like theories it's like oh they want to depopulate the world it's like we just hit eight billion guys come on like no one there they're not doing a very good with job bill gates that weirds me out like that he's the largest private owner of farmland in the united states see that's dodgy yeah it's like what what why, why? what do you need all this farmland for bill See, this is like when there's like actual dodgy shit going on, but they just distract people with like some flim flam, um, like way over the top, like purely evil conspiracy that people can shake their fist at when like there's actually dodgy shit going on. That's less, that's more boring because it involves finance. And it involves inv- invested interests who don't want people talking about it. So talk about another cultural one. Wars let's shit do instead. An, let's do an episode on Federal Reserve conspiracy theory. Oh yeah, let's do an episode on um, Larouche. What is it? Fiat currency, if not just stratospheric money. There you go. There is an actual. But by, by the way, there's also like an actual monster on Jekyll Island. Oh, there you go. Of course there is. Uh, I wonder if we could tie this into alchemy somehow. All right, um, sure. Like they replaced gold with fiat currency. What does what, what does that alchemically mean? Can you turn lead into fiat currency with alchemy? And this is more Delta Green, but one of my favorite bits has always been that the reason that Innsmouth was invaded was uh, um, the Federal Reserve was worried about the Marsh family's uh, gold stocks and it needed to take oh. control of them. Oh, that that's really that's gold. Uh, that's, that's that's really good. Um, the oppression of the deep ones was all about was finance. Just the Federal Reserve. That's that's the sort of thing I'd put in a Delta Creed game because. But my, 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 that's what my problem is with uh, these Delta Creed games is like there's parts of Delta Creed that I just fundamentally don't respect and always yeah. try to subvert. No, I get <laughs> you. Like, nah. I definitely get you, and yeah, like the first when they're talking about stuff, parts of Lovecraft that people. Don't really respect, you know, the first one you always go for, Shadow of Rinsmith. Yeah. It's prominent, you know, say it will, I, I think it is one of his better stories. And, yeah, it's ra- there's, it is the most racist of his famous stories. Of his famous stories, yes, yeah. Famous not his stories. most famous. No, it's, it's most not fa- as bad his as most racist work was a poem. Or, um, fuck, what's the one about the Sphinx? Or, you know, facts concerned to late Arthur German. Oh, though, yeah, there's lesser known uh, gems. And uh, I forget which story is the one where he just, like, rattles off two paragraphs describing a black boxer and, like, or black taxi driver or something and just the, oh, the that was, worst um, fucking language. 
That was uh the 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 reanimator one, wasn't it? Oh wait, that was reanimator. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, because I remember there no, being yeah, like. No, yeah, I think you're right. Fuck. Okay, maybe maybe that is technically more racist, I guess. Because like, say you will, Shadow Rensmith is only racist in its subtext, not in its like text. Yeah. Though actually, in Call of Cthulhu has some pretty racist parts in it too. Yes, absolutely. Um, I All didn't right. like the inner word for some reason. The thing about Lovecraft is, um, and my argument about Lovecraft and his uh, his hatred for everyone is. I I think holistically you'd need the whole Lovecraft to get Lovecraft. Like he had to be that kind of person. No, that's that's kind of my thing for me too. The reason that Lovecraft remains so influential is because Lovecraft is American horror kind of personified. Mm-hmm. And I mean that both in praise and in denigration. Sure. He is sure. cuz like yeah, fundamentally a lot of horror is rooted in outgroup thought, othering, and just fear of the outsider. And Lovecraft is, you know, despite being very sympathetic to certain outsiders, very much about that in his work. Yes, agreed. Honestly, we should probably do a Lovecraft episode at some point just to get it out of our system, because we keep fucking... Br- like, yeah. yeah, we're Delta Green fan, sure. But we keep fucking bringing it up. And I know those people that listen that don't fucking give a shit about Delta Green. So we should maybe just do a Lovecraft episode to get it out of our system. In terms of the Delta Green fandom, I feel like I'm like... What were the name of those two old Muppets that were sitting up there always talking shit? Oh, I know what you're talking like about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Waldorf. I'm one of them. Stantler and Waldorf, yeah. Yes, that's right, that's right. Like, I, I, I never stop watching. I never leave the... I, I'm always there, but I, I am heckling. I'm heckling. <sighs> anyway, anyway, we yeah. go back, back to... Um, there are some uh, discussion topics we didn't get to that we've discussed before uh, that we could talk about. There's more uh, occult groups from book three that we could get to. Your Reptilian Hunting Society. Uh, are we? Uh, no, we did Data Freedom Federation. We should Temptation do LA. Occupy the Tower at some point. I know you have big ideas yes. about that one, but you. Yeah. We we yep. should. Uh, that something should actually be done with that at some point. Yep. Yeah, I will. Uh, and you we'll have a that. lot of. Um, you have a lot of uh, buns in the oven right now, so to speak. Sure. You're very pregnant yes. with art. Very pregnant with source books at That's the moment. Right. I am positively fecund. <laughs> so, considering how long it's going to take for those all those to come to term, it might be good to just get some of those Occupy the Tower ideas out in an episode to start with, and then maybe come back to them later when you actually want to write them up. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. We could also talk about some things that, like, like th- anything that's sort of like uh, on our minds, like um, that we keep coming back to. I want to have it like a nice spread between uh, second ed canon stuff, third ed canon stuff, and like various fan made things. I would agree. I think that's a fair spread. There's an infinite resource in terms of the um, Unnatural Phenomena website. I've got like a list of like various uh, fan-made adept schools we could talk about, either because they're interesting in and of themselves in their concepts, or because they were very similar thematically to what came out is as, as three E schools. Yeah. Like there was a there was a we've got Istrinaturgy now, but there was um, a cigarette-based school of magic like 20 years ago I think some the of the Ephesian writers for third edition actually contributed to a natural phenomena at some point maybe sorry maybe or 
other way around. Some of the writers for a natural phenomenon contributed to the third edition. Are you sure? Maybe. Maybe. I would, um, there's probably a few. There's probably a few. It's definitely interesting just to compare. Yeah. Like, there was there was a garbage magic. There was a road magic. There was a fashion magic. There was something similar to Cinemancy. Um, worth, like, sort of contrasting and comparing. That could be an episode itself, yeah. Comparing earlier iterations of magic schools from the fans with their official ones from third edition. Yep, that's good. That's and solid. also, speaking of um, which, uh, we, should, we need to bring Ted Pro on at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Ted we Pro need to bring Ted Pro. Uh, Very we important. We need to talk. Well, actually, there are people we could talk to that are still like active who did write stuff back in the, the yeah in the easily, distant days. Um, there's a few people I'd like to track down. Either people who are like people who publish stuff in armies or um, like contributed stuff to books, or who are just fans who wrote some cool stuff that I liked. Um, and for me, I. I, I sort of, I, 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 I see them as the same in a way in my head. I'm just like, ah, oh, you're all ritualists, you're all occultists. Let's bring you all on. I mean, I'm trying to think of like sort of people involved with UA that are still kind of around the RPG space and do working on games that cover similar thematic ground. Um, Ken Height comes to mind. Um, sure. I know Ken Height, even though he never like wrote that much of the original source books he was always consulted on them a, a lot yeah and he was different consultant yeah yeah like pretty much every ua first and second edition book has a section of the credits for kenneth height for classy old school occultism like he That's knows right. his shit about it and yeah i mean he, he already has his own podcast platform to rattle off about that sort of shit it's literally a like episodely section of the podcast but um i don't know talking ua specific stuff could be fun um yeah definitely i i sort of feel with ken height it's sort of like most games in this like i think most role-playing games would uh be better served by having them looked over by kenneth height i would agree. at least these kind of games i would agree <laughs> um he's just with his breadth of breadth and depth of knowledge on so many topics. We could we could see if we can get him on. Ken, Ken Hyde would be cool. Gareth Hanrahan also comes to mind, though I think he was only a playtester yep. for like first and second. Maybe he was, in, but he he wrote some some stuff for third. Aid, I think. Yeah, I think he did the. Uh, he did no, I think he did a few things, uh, but not big things for Ananamis. I know he was like they mentioned when the when the feds were on. They mentioned that he was involved in a. A bit of the early I stuff think they, he just like... mentioned the Gareth Hanrahan effect, which had apparently replaced the John Tynes effect. Oh, right. Unknown Armies, Dead Presidents by Gareth Vader Hanrahan. I'm sure it's possible to run an Unknown Armies game that isn't set in America, but I know I never will. He says, as an Irishman, the game is quintessentially about America to me. That, that, that's fair. Like, that's a, um, I, I mean, that is undoubtedly true in many ways. Um, I think, but I think, I think that I, it's our bit of our job to push back against that a little bit. Sure, and I, and I constantly do. Make but some there more legroom for other countries. But all the writers that we've talked to that have worked on other armies pretty much uh, seems to agree. Like, yes, this comes from a very American standpoint. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think like I, I think there's a lot about the wider world um, that fits perfectly within the Anunnaki's. Um, Milieu and mythos 
then again, like no, I do, I do understand the the tone um, that he's that I also enjoy. That uh, sort of weird Americana is good, but you know, there's different, there's different things. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be that surprising to have a co- setting where the cosmology posits that the universe is ruled by an unconscious Republican democracy is very American in sensibility. That's true. With um, various like uh, shadowy lobby groups yes. running around. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I see the point. I see the point. But I'll push back against it. In various yeah, ways. no, there, there's definitely room. And, it, it, you know, the best solution to it is just to create content that is not set in America. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and make it good. I'll try to make it good. Um, and sort of explore what you can do with that. Um, if we're talking about let's have, uh, other international things I want to talk about uh, in terms of... Uh, like different settings, different like doing some more like country episodes, which are kind of fun. Sure, uh, getting people on. Uh, I've got one planned, hopefully soon. Um, there's a few other places we could. Yeah, explore. what what places you got in mind in particular? Oh, I talk. I want to talk about the one that I've got in the in, in the barrel. Uh, that'll be a surprise. All right. Uh, but we've got. Uh, oh, like I unironically love to do one about Brazil. Brazil would be really fun. I know South America is just not somewhere that's touched on by role playing game content very much, which is surprising to me considering how sizable the role playing game fandom in South America is, from my understanding. And even that, and even Brazil is uh, somewhat removed from. Like, there's there's a lot of yeah. like you can have a very different game if you set a. Uh, like your Argentine UA game is not going to be the same as your Peru no, UA game. Absolutely all, not. Or your Mexico game, or if you go Latin America. The amount of research is pretty... Like, because Brazil, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff going on which is not... We don't always get exposed to it because it's all just in Portuguese language, but you see that with... You get that with lots of countries like Russia I think and stuff as well. it's tricky to run a UA game set somewhere that you are not... In, that you are not intimately familiar with the pop culture thereof. That's true. If you're not, in, yeah, familiar with the pop the pop culture, I think you can sort of make up like you can hand wave like details of geography and whatnot. Yes, because people don't care as much. But well, you're always going to get a better game if you know more stuff. Yes, like more details, like more real world details. And Kenneth Hyde brings this up. How about the real world is the is the best sort of source book that you can use. Again, I'll bring up like people aren't afraid to play like games in just completely made up worlds, but then they'll be like, "Oh, but I don't want to play a game set in this other country on this planet because, because it's too they far. almost it's like feel." Too- uh, uh, for me, at least, I think the reason behind that is that it's a world that somewhere that someone made up almost feels more digestible. Fair enough. Yeah, because it's yeah, it doesn't have There's just way less. It hasn't got the depth. Yeah, it can't <laughs> possibly have the depth of somewhere that has had millions of live actual people living there for hundreds or hundreds of years or even dozens of years what is a country if not an elaborate ongoing larp what is life if not a larp there you go uh but especially countries i think and ideologies and religion technically so yeah i think we've got a few good things to talk about um anyone else that you'd be interested in interviewing Oh, like I guess it'll be just like reaching out to people that have written various. We didn't bring Noam. We didn't bring the... Noam Chomsky or Slavoj Zizek on last year. <laughs> we, did, we did. What the fuck? We didn't reach out. 
I didn't want to explain. Um, I think I have it in on Zizek, Leave. but I'd have to, to I, I, talk to someone. Chomsky needs to be left alone. He's still answering every fucking email he gets. That man looks like he's gonna turn into a like a cloud of dust any day. Awful. Like, he, um, he needs oh, to fucking that... retire for his own sake. He needs to take a break. He needs to rest for a little bit. He's like... In his fucking 90s, I'm pretty sure. There's that Yes Dear meme uh, with <laughs> yes. Noam Chomsky when he interviewed the the lady from uh, the Young Turks and then the meme of just like, yes, yes, dear. Um, he's, I, it's still, on the other hand, think about Noam Chomsky, he's impressive that he's still so like uh, active and Oh, absolutely. That is a towering mind world. right there. It's, it's just, I want him, for his sake, I want him to relax for the last few, years of his life yes that's true that's true but like no because he can't well it, it, it's a sort of like it's a it's a deal set up because it's like the the uh the it's like uh the dark crystal with the skexus and the uh what well, the other ancients or whatever they're called the i can't remember the opposite of the skexus so if if noam chonsky's gone then um kissinger will explode <laughs> um, so they have to- oh, okay you're just making me want him to retire more because i do chomsky strikes me as uh, a guy whose life is basically purely momentum based at this point if he stops working he very well may die and if that takes kissinger we'll down kiss- with him then he's you know that's a sacrifice i'm willing to make look it's if you if you're someone who is that involved in like politics and history and events it, the thing about it is that, like, as opposed to, like, someone who's a historian, who's a pure historian, um, if you're someone who's so, like, tied into, like, the modern politics and development thereof, like, it, it doesn't stop. Yeah. It just keeps going. Yep. So you're like, no, I'm still here. Like, I have more opinions now. I still have takes. I can't die. I It just weirded me out recently when I saw, like... Um, uh, a, a tweet from uh, George Takei talking about Andrew Tate and Greta Thunberg. I'm like, why are you talking about this, George? Come on. You're 100 years George old. George Takei is too fucking online for someone his age. He needs to needs to relax. I, I, I do like George Takei, but it I was just... Too, it's, but it's, I'm, it's, I'm talking about, again, for his sake here. There, there There's a threshold, there's an age where I think you should just not be involved with social media anymore for your health. And that age is like... Fair enough. And that age is 25. I possibly agree. I don't know, like, at least it's something to do. <laughs> I mean, it, there's worse ways to spend your twilight years, I guess. But there's a lot better ways too. Sure, sure. Perhaps, perhaps. Um, I I was actually looking into uh, how what would go into interviewing Tim Powers a bit, and he's not that inaccessible, honestly. Like he's done interviews before. Um, I think I, we, we talked. This is what we talked about last year, exactly yeah. the same. Um, I, agree. I haven't looked. At, I haven't Maybe looked into much last year. Like, yeah, I think it's. I think it, that's honestly doable. All um, right, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, I can. I can honestly commit to trying to get that organized all right excellent excellent i can't say that i'll succeed but i can certainly uh send some emails that's not too hard quickly gotta read last call quickly well that's another thing is like yeah we could do like a tim uh episode on a collection of a few tim powers books the easy one i think for you would probably be covering the fault line trilogy which is the one that includes 
um, I believe includes Last Call. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's the three that are most yeah. UA relevant. Um, yeah. My issue is that like uh, I've read quite a few of Tim Powers' books, but they're most of the ones that aren't that um, UA relevant. Um, although they all have a bit of something you could take for them. I agree. Uh, from I agree. them. Like, uh, they all have the same, like, if you were running, like, Drawing of the Dark is great if you want to run a historical game set in a brewery with UA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> UA fucking name of the rose. Uh, Sounds grand. There you go. Definitely, that's another person we could talk to. Uh, I think we've got enough. I think we've got quite a few ideas what we so. could I do so. you know what we should do, we um, do? if we were if we would uh, if we could if we could be fucked could put ourselves together so we need to set up something because we have like a, a small and dedicated fan base uh, the uh, blessed century yes for yes, yes, because the there's century. about 100 of them <laughs> yes yes the blessed century should have a little bit of feedback or like some con- like for example, like if we set up something, be like, "Here's a list of things we could talk about. What do people want us to talk about?" So we get like a yeah, sense comment, of what uh, the comment on wants. our on this episode on SoundCloud. Um, post about it in the Unknown Army's Discord, which we have a channel in. If you are in yes. that, yeah, like yes, if there's something that you the legitimately or the Reddit, yeah, also true. Also, though, um. We don't have a subreddit or Facebook group. Well, we could we we I, we piggyback on the UA subreddit, sure. which they don't mind. Yeah. Um, and the Facebook group. Uh, yeah, we're we 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 we're on there. Yeah. We're on there, and people can find us. We're not hard to find. No, we are. Yeah, if there's anything that you would legitimately really like for us to cover, let us know. We, I mean, we'll yes. probably cover it eventually anyway, but we can put it towards the front of the list. That's right. That's right. Uh, you no, you no longer have to tune into the Neverwind versions of the show where we talked about different things. Uh, we could do it here in this reality. We should really coordinate with those guys a bit more, I think, because we we've had some unfortunate uh, overlap with them, and uh, it, uh, unfortunately, it ends up being like basically the same opinions, except for the occasional times when it's not. And then the Neverwind versions of us say something that's very problematic in this universe. Yeah, no, we've done the same thing where we've said something and in that universe yeah. it means something terrible. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you can't say no, that. No, that like, wasn't what? us. That was, that was our alternate universe doppelgangers. Many that's such right. cases. It's, it's hard. Many when, such cases. It's just hard when um, the culture wars go differently yeah. in so many different worlds. Who knew that Full House was so problematic? Yeah, you're talking about it in our timeline, right? Oh, shit. And you've seen Bob Saget stand up. Too much of it is just, hey guys, the dad from Full House just said, cunt.